0: Welcome ladies and gentlemen to the True Hope Cast podcast where we take a deep dive into mental health's many physiological and psychological aspects. This is the show for you if you're looking for motivation, knowledge, information and solutions. That's what we are all about here at True Hope Canada. And True Hope Canada is a mind and body based supplement company dedicated first and foremost to promoting brain and body health through non-invasive nutritional means. For more information about us and our amazing products, please visit truehopecanada.com. Today's question we're gonna tackle at the end of the show is going to be, how can I begin a somatic approach towards my healing? We're gonna be discussing that and more with our guest today, who is Susie Silva. Now, Susie is a holistic mental health practitioner who offers holistic mental health support with a somatic approach that focuses on healing at the soul level. She uses the healing arts of somatic movement, trauma-informed yoga, qigong, meditation breath work art making forest bathing sound and energy healing as well as her personal experiences and practices to support her clients in clearing trauma from the body regulating the nervous system and developing healthier habits to support their dreams ambitions and souls calling today on the show we're going to be discussing a somatic approach towards your healing enjoy the show okay Susie welcome to true hope cast thank you so much for being with us today how are you what is going well
1: Uh, I'm doing really well. Uh, What specifically, I would say, um, taking this time to rest and enjoying rest and not feeling guilty about rest during the winter season. Um, How are you?
0: I'm great. Thank you very much. Yeah, I think those are very important things we need to be thinking about and doing. We have a culture that is like rest what is this rest business we must stress rots not rest so <laughs> yeah having a um a resting practice is absolutely essential and we're going to be talking about um a somatic approach to healing today which you know for a lot of people that might be a new new concept a new topic um i think that they will understand by the time that we're done that they actually have the capabilities within them to use their mind use their bodies in ways that can very much serve them. So I'm excited to share that information and and gain your experience as well. And at the end of the podcast, we're gonna be offering some solutions to today's question, which is going to be how can I actually begin a somatic approach towards healing. So I'm excited to get into that and um, build up towards that at the end of the show. But as an introduction, would you mind just sharing a little bit about who you are and what it is that you do?
1: Yeah, my name is Susie. Um, I offer holistic mental health support. And this wasn't something that I grew up as a kid, being like, when I grow up, I'm gonna be a mental health supporter. Um, I knew I would help people in some capacity, thought I'd be a teacher. um, But this kind of fell upon me after um, I experienced hospitalization, After bouts and waves of psychosis um, or altered states, as I like to call them, um, and received a pretty serious mental health diagnosis type 1 bipolar disorder. Um, And so I began a healing journey after hospitalization because I wasn't given any tools to um, cope with what had happened, to understand what had happened, to um, have a game plan for how to heal. I was just given really heavy, quite toxic um, and life-threatening medication to heal. That was the only thing given to me um, by doctors, and that was it, and then a follow-up appointment. And um, I knew I deserved better than that, so I began to explore and find healing modalities and other ways of healing that weren't reliant on medication solely. And it was through that process, so years of training and you know, learning and trial and error and, you know, life experiences as well that were thrown at me. Um, I developed all these skills um, and decided to share my healing practices, things that supported me with others, um, to offer them support and healing after receiving any kind of mental health diagnosis, um, or even just experience a life altering um, challenge like divorce, a death of a loved one, COVID, (laughs) Um, all these things that um, are natural to being a human being and just giving them a space where they can really thrive and give them tools to understand where they've been how their experiences have contributed to where they are now and how to move forward so in a nutshell
0: (laughs) beautiful thank you so much for sharing that yeah um the bipolar disorder is something that our company has a very outstanding history with you know the company wouldn't exist without the very devastating tales of it within the within the Stefan family within the founders and it was the you know it was the Empire plus that we have now like the the first product that we actually produce was was born out of that diagnosis so we have a lot of experience with it and the you um, I don't know if yeah. There's an amazing book that Autumn Stringham wrote. She's one of the daughters of, of Anthony. It's um it's a really amazing book about her experience with her mother who had bipolar disorder and growing up with a with with a mother with 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 it, and then experiencing it herself within this family. Like it's a really I mean, a, for not only is it just a wild story, but she writes so beautifully. I, I'll actually share a link with that in the in the description below because it's a really beautiful, um, kind of dive into the mind of somebody who is experiencing it with somebody that they love, like they're one of their primary, primary caregivers, but then also like beginning to experience those symptoms yourselves. And then they're able to, you know, find a a combination of vitamins and minerals from you know very hard to get sources that they're able to find and literally reverse significant symptoms in in a matter of days. It's a wild story, but we'll get back to, we'll get back to us right now. Mm -hmm. Um, you spoke about your experience with um i think you said that you were given a diagnosis and medication on like session like one of seeing a of seeing a psychiatrist or a doctor why can you tell us a little bit more about your experience with that because we, we we've had our experiences you know within the stefan family and within a lot of people who have you know opted for using broad spectrum micronutrients rather than you know lithium and these other medications and these cocktails that you know people are kind of just thrown on in a kind of gamble to see what works what's been your experience with um like the inadequacies of like the the mental health the conventional mental health care system
1: um it was quite traumatic to be completely honest um first just experiencing altered states and the confusion of that but then um, being forced into hospitalization um, and locked up. It's essentially like going to prison. Um, you're locked away, you're not allowed to go outside, or at least I wasn't because I didn't smoke, so I wasn't allowed to get any fresh air, <laughs> which seems um, counter. Smokers were allowed to go outside uh so i regret saying that but yeah so you're locked up can't go outside um medication is forced upon you there's no consent um there i was you know strapped to a bed at one point tranquilized with i have no idea um and um yeah witnessing how other people are being treated within it the foods that you receive as well, like while you're in hospital, they're feeding you, but it's garbage um, food that has no nutrients at all. Um, For those that you know, have been listening to this podcast for some time, like understand the importance of eating well, and making sure that we're getting the right nutrients, none of that was covered. Um, Essentially, I think all of it is bad, I do not support any um, psychiatric hospitals at all. All of the support that I put into our alternative grassroots companies um, like True Hope that are really trying to make a impact and change in the mental health care system because right now there is zero care. Um, I would like to see a future where um, we can weave in holistic practices, nutrition, good food, Um, you know, these somatic approaches that we'll get into as well, and actually have a system of care. Right now, that doesn't exist. It's this archaic medieval (laughs) system that we're still using, and there's so much research coming out now explaining how the biomedical model is flawed when it comes to um, mental health and psychiatry, and that it really is doing more harm than more good. So that is why I do what I do. <laughs> going through the system, seeing how broken it is, and um, the inadequacies is, is really what inspired um, the work that I do. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I mean, your story is not too dissimilar to ones I've heard before of people who are going into these institutions. And yeah, like you, you, you during your story there, you're talking about vitamin D deficiency, hypoxia, you're talking about significant nutrient deficiency and stressful trauma on a probably minute basis. Like how on earth could that be a care setting? It made me start thinking about the word healthcare and how kind of laughable that is, that that's actually that that's the actual terminology that they that they would use to be in a healthcare setting and I think that I, I honestly think that if you've not heard the stories like your story and the other stories that we've actually had on the show, you wouldn't actually believe that that was the that was the situation, and it's happening like right now in not in Canada, in lots of mm-hmm. we, lots of Western established nations. That this is this is the the care that people are getting, and this is like the, the lack of understanding and knowledge is quite pitiful in regards to like what we do now know about the significant role of community nutrition exercise sunshine all these things are so paramount so it's actually quite yeah like it's such an, an medieval healthcare model that is um yeah we, you know, we should be embarrassed to actually have that as part of our culture but it is but we do have uh we do have companies like ourselves we have practitioners like yourselves that have been through that experience and who are trying to create an alternative for people to be able to, to to come and become part of a community and learn in an actual caring environment, which is very much the opposite of like, you know, what you've experienced and what a lot of other people have experienced as well. What do you think? Like, Do you think there's anything that that conventional setting could do to do like better easily? Like I think, I mean, uh, to fundamentally change it and to do better, we'd have to strip the whole thing down from scratch. but in your experience of actually being in the facility like is there anything that you think could be done like tomorrow that could actually start benefiting those individuals there
1: absolutely i think food nutrition is like an easy quick change um implementing um programs within the hospital where people can move their bodies where they could go for walks in nature um Uh, those two are like the first that come to mind that are an easy thing that they can start to do um i did have like some of that i guess like movement it was one session i was in the hospital for a week and they offered one session and it was like just neck stretches so it really didn't do much um it was quite bizarre actually it was like a five minute neck stretch and i was like okay that was interesting and (laughs) being an active person I was you know just craving for movement like there wasn't even a gym like you know there could have been a gym but you know I guess people can hurt themselves in those areas so maybe that's not the best but like having you know yoga or other um, body movement practices that would be supportive music they just played tv like cable television nonstop, and it was like okay, this was part of my paranoia was I thought people were talking to me through a TV. And now there's just like TVs everywhere that were super loud. And just like, yeah, just more disorienting than supportive.
0: <laughs> yeah, it sounds like it's it's it, what part of that experience or that story is is healing. It's absolutely mm-hmm. it's absolutely well, apart from what getting you on pharmaceuticals, which is in my opinion, probably one of the, the main goals of our healthcare system is to get as many people on drugs as possible. You know, that's a big win for them, I guess. Um, and then there's not, nothing else in there. What, what in there is serving that individual on a long-term basis? And I know that there are significant financial um, restraints, let's just say, on our healthcare system. I don't think that the money that the government's given is distributed in, in a responsible manner whatsoever. It's actually laughable that but you have to give them all this tax money and the, these jokers, have, they get to distribute it and put it wherever they want. It's absolutely mind blowing. So there's obviously financial restrictions within that type of a setting, but the money's not being used properly. So, yeah, it sounds like a, sounds like a very stressful environment. The last place literally that someone would need to go once they kind of hit that tipping point where they need to actually, you know, they're needing 24 hours support.
1: Absolutely. I 100% agree with you. It really is laughable. And like I said before, like, I don't donate to it because I don't see it being put to good use. Um, You know, there's lots of large campaigns um, throughout Canada for different mental health hospitals. And it's just, you know, it's just creating more harm. So Mm -hmm. I, I personally can't support and fund organizations like that.
0: Yeah, I'm sure there are places around the world that we don't hear about that are doing things like a, a lot better. I, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe you know. Do you know some examples of of, of, where, of where they're taking an alternative route to this or trying things differently? I know that's not really a, it's not really a thing that happens in, in a country like Canada or America or even in the UK where I'm from. They don't really like to change things up and try things differently. They don't really like to make the effort or to spend the money to do that. Also, they don't like to be like wrong. So mm-hmm. have you got some examples for us?
1: Yeah, there's a place in Florida um, that has recently opened. I don't remember the name of it. I saw it on social media and it's a respite for people that are needing to just get away from their life because they're feeling overwhelmed. And it's a place where they can rest and they can talk to qualified Um, practitioners, they can talk to people with lived experience, they can um, engage in um, wellness activities, there's, you know, space for them to just be and to ground and kind of find themselves again. And that's mostly what people need when they are experiencing um, altered states. need somewhere where they can express themselves without judgment without um, you know without force without confinement um, and you know a place where they are actually being taken care of fed well um, listened to that's what all of us want (laughs) I honestly feel like a spa day like does wonders and obviously that's not accessible for everyone but like The last time I was at a spa, I had this moment where I looked at my partner. I'm like, this should be a mental health care facility. (laughs) We should bring people here and just get them to. Relax and regulate their nervous (laughs) systems and then maybe have someone to talk to where they can share what they're going through and maybe find um, some ways to connect the dots of their experiences, Mm -hmm. because these things that happen don't just happen by accident. a lot of things that are left unsaid in the mental health world is how much um, it's not our fault. People who have experienced altered states, depression, bipolar, whatever label they've been given, um, the label is just a way for people to medicate you. It has nothing to do with who you are. You're not broken. Um, it's our systems that are broken. We live. A lot of people are living with oppression, um, poverty, climate crisis, um, racial injustice. There's so many things that are contributing to our um, dis-ease, our overwhelm, our cry for help. Um, It's because things are broken. It's not because we're broken. Mm -hmm. We're just sensitive and we take it on and it creates this weird mesh of things. Um, So if we don't have the tools to dissect that, to look at it um, objectively and see the big picture, then it comes out in aggressive ways. It comes out in unsupportive ways um, and can hurt the people around us.
0: Yeah, I really, I've really started to come to the conclusion over the last couple of years that the way that we conventionally look at pathology, disease, symptoms, whatever you want to look at it, and then you group that into a box that's a disease state, um, it's really lazy science. It's really, really lazy. Um, and to try and, you know, you you talked about one session, diagnosis, drugs, boom, like couldn't like, like the, the the idea that that's an investigative exploratory experience is just again laughable so i think that yeah we've got so many things absolutely so horrifically wrong when it comes to when it comes to medicine and the human body and and, and understanding things i mean you know it's 2024 you would think that after you know a couple of hundred years of of you know me- medical practice that we would be pretty healthy i mean have an understanding about like what we should actually do with somebody who's depressed somebody who's anxious somebody who has got like something a bit more like more serious like you think we kind of had not i don't want to say we figured all these things out but i think we'd, we'd have like a little bit more of an idea than you know getting, getting people on drugs and putting them in straight jackets and locking them indoors and you know showing them tv which drives me mad just having it on when i go and like i'm trying to go and have a meal with my wife at the pub and there's a sports there's sports on there's always north american sports which are rubbish anyway no offense but (laughs) the distraction is just there yeah it's pretty wild that we are so um we're so disabled in regards to like our fundamental structures that we should we pay so much money for every single year to be better and to actually flourish our communities. And I've got two young kids and it's like, it's not it's not going to be any better in 30, 40 years. And if there's an MP that wants to start subsidizing for spa days, like I'm totally up for that. But <laughs> yeah, we'll see. but I want to I want to talk about somatics. Um, as a somatic practitioner, can you just like maybe just give us a little bit of an idea about what does somatic mean?
1: Yeah, somatic just means um, of the body or relating to the body, um, the root of soma. So somatic movement really is or somatics is just about feeling into the body connecting with sensations in the body, um, and working with the body to heal.
0: Beautiful. Yeah, I think that um just seeing a lot of I mean, I, I I haven't practiced in a couple of years, but I know I'm actually moved to Canada to to study nutrition and I had a practice for five years. And the lack of people's, I want to say awareness of their own body was quite remarkable, even to the point where they were dealing with like debilitating digestive pain every single day. And their brain had the ability to kind of like sever, sever them here and they wouldn't experience any of this and they wouldn't want to have to take the actions to to deal with it. So the idea that we kind of have to reeducate ourselves in regards to like what it is to actually have a body and to Mm -hmm. feel different parts of it and to check in with different parts of it and actually have the ability to, you know, you know, I've, I've done this meditated a a migraine away, meditated Mm -hmm. pain away in my lower back. by actually putting my awareness on it and practicing that and, and, and working through that. Um, so quite clearly the fact that we have a very misunderstanding about like what, what what somatics is and how our mind and our body are so beautifully and viciously connected that education mm-hmm. is very, very important. So what type you know, when you're talking you know, as a somatic practitioner, what are the like the what's the introductory conversation you might have with somebody when they come to see you and you're kind of introdu- introducing the idea of somatic work?
1: mm mm-hmm. Yeah, like like you mentioned, so many people are disconnected from their body. We give so much hierarchy to our heads, to our brains, and our bodies are just as wise, hold just as much information and knowledge as our minds do. Um, our bodies hold on to a lot of trauma and past experiences. Most of the time when we have pain in the body, aches and pains, they can be tied to an emotion, um, to a stressors to even something we've been thinking about. And like you said, you've been able to meditate away a headache. And it's like where we focus our attention, that's where the energy goes. So using the body using um, what the body is telling us and creating this dialogue with our body can have incredible um effects on us it's a lot of the time the work that i do is around nervous system regulation most of us are in dysregulation most of us are stuck in stress mode we're chronically stressed out Um, we're locked in the sympathetic nervous system, that fight or flight mode, because we don't know how to get ourselves back into the parasympathetic, that rest, digest, love and connect mode of being. When we're locked in the sympathetic, we can't connect with others. We can't think clearly. It's really hard for us to um, harness creativity and inspiration. So stress isn't a bad thing. I want to You know highlight that as well um we want to be able to experience stress but when we're locked in stress we can't regulate it um we can't um we're not as adaptable we're not able to make the right maneuvers we are better at stress when we move from the parasympathetic that rest state and then you know something happens we can go into action mode we can deal with it but then we have to be able to be able to come back into um, equanimity, into harmony, into that rest state of being. Um, And yeah, somatics is a way of, yeah, like I said, just kind of processing through the body. And, And a lot of the work that I do, we do different types of movements, specific movements, usually repetitive types of movements, depending on what area of the body we're looking at, or wanting to release where there might be a blockage, it could be emotional blockage that we're moving through. It could also be through sound and voice and vocal toning, using different um, sounds that we make or expressions through our voice to kind of heal the body from the inside, the voice using our voice creates healing vibrations like our body is like an instrument and we can tune our bodies to whatever frequency we would like um and even with voice again the power of words and what we're saying and what we're repeating to ourselves um there's so many ways to heal the body um and Through healing the body, we will heal the mind, and the mind can just take a back seat. The mind isn't here to lead. The mind is the processor of information in traditional Chinese medicine, in Taoist philosophy, there's a universal law known as shan qing jing, and it shares how the soul is what holds on to um, information. It has the information from our past experiences, through things that we've witnessed, um, through our senses. Our heart receives the messages from our soul and then our minds process the message from our heart and our heart is in our body. Um, and, And with that, we can then put what our hearts desire we can process it, and then we can put it into action to move forward in our lives and create um, a beautiful world. So the mind isn't meant to to do really; it's just there to process the information. <laughs> I love we it, do yeah. too much with our minds.
0: <laughs> oh, for sure, and it's um, it's so much of our unconscious mind that is really like so significantly in control. You were talking about, you know, where 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 you put your focus is where where you put your energy, and I think that so much of our focus, well, I think we have a significant lack of focus. I think so much of us, so many of us, are unconscious for the majority of our like conscious day, and it actually leads us very quickly to a path of stress or fight or flight. You know, it's like get up, check my phone, get to work, traffic, all these things are our, our thoughts, our feelings, and the things that we do very much leading us very quickly to fight or flight rather than you know taking us into a rest and digest state which where we should be for the majority of our day we can totally flip that on its head and we have a very difficult time being in the present moment i just spoke about this on another podcast today actually which is really fascinating that we are so stuck in our subconscious past and it's very difficult for us to become present which almost makes it impossible for us to envision and create like a new future where things are unfamiliar. It's, it's it's territory where it's unknown, where you can actually create and manifest anything that you want to do, whether that's like material or not. So it's very, very interesting that that, that you bring that up. And yeah, the, the, the more that we're able to step into that rest and digest nervous system, where we're able to connect our mind and our body balance everything especially our immune system which is just like getting pumped every single minute of every single day with external stimuli that was just the body was never intended to engage in and we have to in 2024 we have to make a very conscious deliberate present aware effort to get ourselves into that rest and digest And that's where like practitioners like you come in who are so valuable so important to help people relearn an innate skill that we've just like lost to be able to get into that mode and you know what's the beauty about it it's free you can do it anywhere and it doesn't take a whole lot of time to be able to very much rewire decades of unhelpful unconscious patterns that lead people to a to a to a lifetime of pain and suffering and it doesn't it doesn't need to be like that
1: mm-hmm. yeah beautifully said
0: thanks yeah i rammed on a bit there but you, yeah. you hit you, when when i hear the when i hear the phrase where you where you put your focus is where you your energy i think dr joe and i just get all jacked up and fired up and yeah. i love when i love when he gets brought up into the show but um can you tell us a little one of your services is trauma-informed yoga which sounds really interesting so i'd love to learn a little bit more about that and who that supports
1: Mm -hmm. trauma-informed yoga supports everyone and anyone just like yoga is supportive for anyone and everyone um often when we think of yoga in the west we're like down dog and a yoga flow and you know tight pants um <laughs> the yoga is so much more than that um there's like this ancient uh yogic text called the yoga sutras of patanjali and patanjali was this teacher and um it's there's eight limbs to yoga um asana the the postures and the physical practice is only one out of the eight limbs and there's other parts to it so there's like ethical principles, self-discipline, meditation, um, breath control, um, samadhi, reaching that union with the divine. And really yoga is, yoga is the best mental health care tool there is. It is what was my first medicine, um, natural medicine, I can say, after Um, being diagnosed and hospitalized, I began my yoga teacher training and that opened a whole new world for me. Um, Yoga really helps to unify that connection mind to body like we talked about with semantics getting back into the body but then also connecting soul and that's a huge piece that a lot of us are missing is um, that connection to something that is larger than yourself Um, it is you you know we are nature i look at it through nature i have an earth-based spiritual uh, practice and for me it really is about understanding that there is something more and something that is working with us not against us and um, we just have to be able to tap into it trauma-informed yoga more specifically is about using the principles of yoga so these eight limbs of yoga and um, supporting someone who has experienced trauma so again using these practices either it's the movements or like breath work uh, visualization meditations understanding um, daily habits and practices that we can be doing, um, different health practices, Ayurveda, which is like the sister science of yoga, um, which is different holistic practices, like lymphatic drainage, dry brushing, things like that, that can be really supportive as well. So it's about weaving that in um, and, and understanding how to, teach people um, these practices who have undergone trauma and how trauma is stored in the body so that's more where the um, specificity of trauma-informed comes into play it's kind of understanding like polyvagal theory um, which is learning how to tone the vagus nerve. The vagus nerve is the longest nerve in the body. It um, branches out into many of our organ systems connected to our diaphragm, to our lungs, um, and how to use um, yogic practices to help tonify uh, the vagus nerve. Once our vagus nerve is well nourished and toned, you can almost look at this nerve like a muscle. Um, So when we have a nice toned vagus nerve, we're much more resilient and much more adaptable when it comes to um, different stressors in our lives, and stress and challenges that we're faced with. So for me, having all of this stuff under my belt, when COVID hit, I was okay. I could adapt really easily um, to the changes. And I was in a terrible relationship (laughs) at the time. So I had lots going on, but I was able to remain, calm, essentially, and um, be quick and sharp with my thinking in how to navigate and how to keep going and move forward in life. So know that these challenges and stressors are going to continue to hit us. That's what life, you know, it is. I can't, you know, spiritually bypass and just love and light everything to death. and. there are going to be challenges throughout our lives that we don't see coming. So having these practices and building ourselves up so we can become resilient when things do come our way.
0: Yeah, yoga is, I mean, it's a traditional medicine without question, it's a medicine we can use today. There's absolutely no question about that thousand year old, thousands and thousands year old practice that um, comes from a place of, yeah, connecting our spirituality, our mind, our body, all of it without question, as somebody who's not done it, I highly recommend getting into yoga just as a just as a way to create a, a little bit more of a sacred space for yourself to actually create the space to be able to start engaging more in that parasympathetic rest or digest nervous system. Think of it as like a, a very cheap and easy training way that you're able to actually do that. It's very rare that we set aside five to 10 minutes for ourselves to actually quiet and down and check in with our mind and our body very rarely happens for people even with even people who are aware that this is even something that they can do that can really benefit them you know trying to find the time for that can be difficult for a lot of people but once you're able to do it I remember when I started doing yoga and I moved to Victoria and my initial thoughts on yoga was like yeah tight pants lululemon and (laughs) tight enclosed spaces of loads of people like I didn't want to do it but then I did some classes at home. I just watched some YouTube videos and started doing myself. And the the practice of getting down on the mat and moving my body in very deliberate ways it, it it brought me into the present moment immediately, and it got me connected to my to my body. So my my brain is thinking about the movements, and my body is engaging those movements. So immediately there I'm starting to connect. And then once you get a bit more experienced. And I did start go to some smaller classes as well to um, make sure my form was good. And I wanted to, you know, learn a little bit more. And then you then you're able to your mind and body gets used to the movements and you can kind of automatically do them. I don't know what I'm doing there. That's like qigong, But anyway, <laughs> um, then you then you can start bringing very deliberate breath work into it. And then you start like completely reestablishing your like primary and secondary breath muscles. And you start breathing properly for the first time. And then you then it like kind of t- and then it just turns into this beautiful meditation and you're talking about the, Did you say it was eight or nine like type pillars of, of yoga
1: eight? Yeah, eight.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, and then you start and they, they, just, they start building on each other and you're just like creating this skill set that you're able to engage in kind of at any point, you can get to the mat and you can completely change your energy in a matter of minutes. And once you kind of get, once you get to that point where you know it's literally like a a medicine or a supplement that you can take that you know is gonna affect you, oh, there's no product out there, like it.
1: Absolutely, absolutely, it really is. And like, that's one of the pillars is like self-discipline and just showing up for ourselves every day, that's when we really start to build our soul. When we actually are listening to our hearts, again, the messages received from our soul or lie in our hearts or rest in our hearts, when we are able to connect and give space so we can listen to that and then take action on what we receive, um, our life just comes into alignment and again, not that everything's going to be like rainbows and unicorns, but things are going to get easier and things are going to get clearer for you. Um, And it it really is a beautiful practice that I hope everyone um, can explore or at least start reading maybe some yogic texts as well, just to understand the philosophy behind it. If you're not ready to move your body or if you are unable to move your body, there's other ways to practice.
0: Yeah, there's some really cool... I've got a two-year-old and a four-year-old and my four-year-old wakes up at like 5.30, 6am ready to climb mountains. And <laughs> and I'm not. So one way that we, we help to kind of tackle that real big burst of energy early in the morning is like we will do like a... We, unfortunately, we have to put the TV on but we follow like one of these kids' yoga practices. It's really, really great. He gets right right into it. He listens. He's engaged and by the end of it he's like lying like lying down breathing with his eyes closed he wouldn't do that if i told him to do it but he'll mm-hmm. listen to the colorful picture on the tv but it's uh not a perfect environment but it's a no, i think it's a really good way for kids to le- learn to be able to do that and it's it clearly works in a very quick cu- very quick period of time I'd, I'd love to know more about your program no more mind games would you mind telling us about that
1: hmm. Yeah, so No More Mind Games is a three month one to one uh, mentorship program where I'm in- mentoring individuals who, um, like I mentioned earlier, have experienced some kind of life changing event that could be a mental health crisis, spiritual awakening, spiritual emergency, um, divorce, the death of a loved one, a career change, moving, um, relocating. Um, Anything that is challenging, um, I'm here to support people through it. The program itself, um, there's a workbook component to it. So we do meet weekly, um, once a week for two-hour sessions. And with the workbook, each week there's a different theme. I give, I call it soul work. So it's instead of homework, soul work for the time between our sessions. Um, So these are different activities. Sometimes they're journal prompts, um, things to kind of like consider. Um, The different themes that we explore each week are navigating negative self-talk, positive cognitive reframing, um, forgiveness practices, radical self-love, ancestral healing, inner child healing, future self-work. Um, So these are all the aspects that, so how this, sorry, let me step back, how this program kind of came together is I was ready, um, Spirit actually, during one of my own personal practices and meditations, uh, Spirit came to me and was like, show people the way, show people how you healed yourself. And I was like, I don't know how to do this. Like, yes, I have all these tools. Yes, I've been teaching yoga and somatics meditation for a long time yes i have my own practices that i do for myself but i was like i don't know if i'm ready i don't i don't know what this means like what do you mean show people the way and i just kept on getting that call over and over again so this program came together and i really took all of the steps and the big aha moments in my healing journey i put into this program so that's why we start with Navigating negative self-talk was like the very first thing that I had to overcome in order to heal. Um, Again, just realizing how much the mind takes over, how many things we're doing that are unconscious that we've just picked up because we've witnessed it, we've heard it, we were taught it, um, that just aren't serving us and understanding the ego and and aspects of that. So yeah, the program is a beautiful journey into yourself. Um, And beautiful doesn't necessarily mean it's not difficult or challenging, because sometimes when we look at these aspects of ourselves, a lot can come up, especially when we're reflecting on past hurts, old wounds, old stories, um, ancestral karmas, baggage. Um, These things can, yeah, they, they can be challenging to go through, but it's worth moving through it in a supportive space um with someone who's been through it too and i'm very real (laughs) with everything that i do things that i share um, with my community through my newsletter um, on social media on um in my programs you know i go through it too i'm not this perfect person like i said i've had these lived experiences as well um but i have the tools and this whole program is designed to Show people that they can heal themselves truly i 'm not here to be this guru master healer um, that holds the power because we each as individuals hold the power for our own healing for our own well being for our own um, dreams to come true, really, like like you said, like we can manifest the life that we want to live. we have to be able to get a lot of stuff out of the way. We have to be regulated in our nervous system. We have to clear the traum- traumatic baggage that we're carrying with us. Um, we have to clear it out of our tissues in our body. Um, and it's totally possible. And yeah, this program is, is just an empowerment program, showing people um, how to heal themselves. The end of the program, the last week, um, the client or whoever's in it is designs their own roadmap based on all of the tools and techniques that they learned throughout the course so when the program ends i don't just say bye (laughs) see you later i get you to have a plan i get the individual to create their own healing plan for growth transformation for where they want to go in the future Um, and then you always have the option i offer one-off sessions as well uh, to work with me um, but yeah, going through the program is really where you get to unlock a lot of things that you have been holding on to and blocked by.
0: That sounds awesome. Where, where where's the best place for people to find more information about that and connect with you?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, my website susy-silva dot S U S E Silva S I L V A dot com, um, and I'm sure you'll have it in the show notes as well. Um, But yeah, my website's the best way. You can, um, on my website, you can join my newsletter um, just to stay in touch with upcoming events. I offer uh, classes, workshops, um, and other types of sessions as well. I do energetic detachment sessions, one-on-one sessions. So I'm also on Instagram, but to be honest, I've deleted it off my phone. (laughs) Good for (laughs) you, that's awesome. (laughs) Yeah, it wasn't serving me. And I honestly feel like, There are better ways to connect with people, Um, and I prefer in-person, I prefer conversations like these, Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, I'm just kind of recalibrating what Instagram means to me and how or if I want to continue using it going forward. So you can find me on Instagram, feel free to follow me. Again, it's just my name, so you can see what I've shared there. There's lots of great, valuable information there if you want to learn more about me and the types of practices that I do. but I'm just not on it. So you won't get any stories or engagement.
0: (laughs) All right, wonderful. Yeah, I'll make sure the website is in the show notes so people can check out more about you and check out your course as well. Um, But I'd love to finish off with. um, Discussing the question we asked at the top of the show, which was how can I begin a a somatic approach towards my healing journey? So do you have any like practical tips that people can take from the show right away that they can literally take into their day?
1: Hmm. Um, yeah, I'll share like two techniques that are a great thing that you can do at any point throughout your day when you need a moment to reset um, and just come into presence. So a fun one that involves the whole body, but you can also just do it seated, um, is shaking. So shaking is something that you see all the time in nature, if with animals, if uh an animal is being hunted and chased down but it doesn't get attacked or eaten it will run off to a safe space in a bush somewhere and just shake and it'll shake off whatever um, the stressful charge that they got from that experience which put them into fight or flight Mm -hmm. um and they're safe so now they know they can just shake that off and they shake their bodies physically shaking their bodies discharges the stress from the body so we can do this as humans um when i teach this in my classes usually it's just like kind of like a bounce and i call it a happy baby dance because yeah just like that you know when like people are like babies hear their favorite songs and they're just like oh yeah this song yeah and they just naturally do it they're just like yeah this feels good in my body they just do this like natural little bounce so it can be small you can jump around you can shake out your hands you can shake out your head you can create sounds like Take a breath in, <sighs> like sighs, sighing's good. Again, the vibrations are kind of shaking us from the inside and spend about a minute, like you can even just set a timer and just shake for a minute and then notice how you feel afterwards. It's a really great way to quickly discharge stress from the body and recalibrate the nervous system. Awesome. Um, you might bounce straight back into the stress mode if, you know that's where you're used to um functioning so it might Mm -hmm. take some time to like just be in that parasynthetic more often but try to incorporate some shaking into your day maybe first thing in the morning maybe before going to bed Um, another one is just a breathing technique called release breath so this is a good way to find presence and just to allow any scattered anxious fearful energies just to kind of settle in the body and then ground down into um, the floor. So you can kind of practice along with me. We're gonna take a full breath in for a count of five through the nose. Hold the breath at the top of the inhalation for about a count of five or as long as is comfortable for you. And then when you're ready, exhale out through the mouth. You can let out a sigh or a sound or just exhale. And do that a few more times. Deep breath in. Holding the breath. As you're holding the breath, just feeling the energies coalescing in the heart space. All that scattered energy is just slowly gathering, all those pieces coming together to create a beautiful mosaic. And then as you exhale, just feel the energy grounding down, moving down through the legs, down through your feet, sending any uncomfortable, anxious, stressful energies down into the ground, imagining that you're giving it to Mother Earth. She can transmute that energy. Inhale again, deep breath in. Holding the breath, pausing in this liminal space, the void. Noticing how you feel in the body. And then exhale. Notice how it feels to exhale. And you can do that for as long as you like, but even just those, yeah, just <laughs> I see it in your face. You're just like, whoa. Yeah, I went, I went somewhere for a second. Yeah. yeah, they just really help to bring us back into our center, really. Mm. So it's like focusing in on that heart space allowing any energies that just aren't serving us to dissolve away with the exhale move away from the body with the exhale
0: yeah even even just shutting your eyes for that like five minutes and just cutting off like a significant stimuli and listening mm-hmm. to you guide me through that was just just nice and then i open my eyes I and mean, obviously i've got bright lights here but it's just like well there's a lot there's a lot of information coming at me right now that i'm not even aware <laughs> of
1: absolutely yeah
0: so that's awesome so um, we're gonna, we just shake it up and breathe
1: yeah i have another one because you mentioned the eyes and that's a good reminder because so many of us spend so much time on screen so i'm going to share another quick one that's really great for relaxing the um optical nerve the eye so it's just rubbing your hands together creating friction warming the hands and then just cupping your eyes not putting any pressure on the eyes you're just covering the eyes closing your eyes and just again take a couple breaths here you can even weave in release breath here and just creating that bit of darkness for the eyes the warmth from the hands helps to relax the eyes so this is a really good one to do when we spend a lot of time on screens um also taking time to look really far in the distance um so if you have a window or somewhere where you're working where you can just find a spot where you're looking as far as you possibly can um, Mm. and take breaks to do that so we're not just activating um our nerves all the time for things that are close to us
0: amazing practical skills thank you so much that's uh really helpful i think especially the shaking it up one i think there's a lot of people that could just like benefit from just literally like shaking things up moving their energy and and, and play your
1: taylor swift and just shake it off (laughs) yeah
0: and being a bit more playful with yourself as well like you're so serious all the time just like moving around you just watch your kids when the, the music hits them they're not thinking they don't think oh music's playing i should probably dance now and then dance no 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 it's innate it's their body just like connecting with the vibrations of the sounds that are coming into their ears and they just do it it's automatic it's great
1: Absolutely. A lot of the stuff that I end up teaching, I'm just like, remember doing this as a kid? Remember Mm. doing this as a kid? Or like, have you seen a child doing this? And kids are like, they're so fresh. They haven't been told that they're idiots or that they look (laughs) stupid uh, for what they're doing. You know, they haven't had that conditioning yet that has stopped them from Mm -hmm. doing the things that is soothing to their body, that is nourishing for their body. They already know the body is a brilliant, intelligent, um, part of us and it knows we've just talked it out of (laughs) it. Yeah.
0: Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for coming on and showing up, showing some really amazing experiences that you've had and the education that you've had and and how you practice and also with those practical, um, solutions at the end there. I Really appreciate it, Susie. Thank you.
1: You're welcome. Thank you for having me on and, and true hope for creating the products that they have. They're incredible.
0: Thank you very much. I really appreciate that. Well, that is it for this episode of true hope cast official podcast of true hope Canada. I'll make sure that you have got all the links that you need to connect with Susie in the show notes. Um, you can leave us a review on iTunes if you fancy it. You can Give us a five star review on Spotify if you fancy that as well. But that is it for this week. We'll see you soon.